welcome to the Mates Rates Comedy Podcast, the official podcast of the Mates Rates Comedy Club in Reading. I'm your host, Carl Richard. I also host our Friday night show, which we can't currently do because our venue doesn't sell pork pies or some shit. Anyway, but hey, the night is darkest before the dawn and we have big plans for 2021 or whenever comedy is legal again. Now, the reason for the podcast is because this year we registered Mates Rates Comedy Club as an official business with Company House. We got the paperwork and everything. That's right, in the same year that comedy clubs effectively became illegal, me and my partner, Nick Byard, started a comedy club. Can you tell we didn't go to business school? And that is essentially what this podcast is all about, uh, the chronicling of a new business venture. Episode 1, here I am, all optimistic. Episode 200 could just be me crying into a microphone as the bailiffs take my shit. The episode ends with the bailiff taking the microphone out of my hand and you'll hear in the background, you hear, Daddy, why are you crying? Because Daddy failed! No. Um, I don't have kids. Uh, my girlfriend wants to have kids. And um, that's why she's worried about the vaccine. She's like, what if it affects my fertility? I won't be able to have your babies. Which is why I'm being vaccinated in my balls. So please join us in our new venture. We'll be uh, sharing clips from our club nights. And later on you'll hear a clip from the fantastic Harriet Kemsley who headlined the show back in October. And in a moment you'll hear my chat with Harjit Chims, an up-and-coming comic who also performed with us back in October. Uh, It's a really cool chat. I think anybody interested in getting into comedy and wants to know what the reality is like, um, I think you'll enjoy it. But first let's hear a little clip of Harjit in action. It's weird, right, because the summers are getting warmer and the winters are getting colder. So we're in that in-between period because you know what's coming around the corner, right? You know what's coming around the corner? The snow week. We get it every year now, don't we? Every year it's like minus 10 degrees, out of nowhere, snow everywhere, no one can get to work. Not that that's a fucking problem at the moment. <laughs> right? But remember, it all kicked off about three years ago as well, right? And it was like out of nowhere. I was gigging that week. It's minus 10 degrees, roads were messed up, no one could get to work. And the newspapers, they always give it a funny name, right? Always give it a funny name. Jazz up name, they called it the Beast from the East. Because it came, came from Siberia, right? And it was all anyone went on about. Beast from the East this, Beast from the East that. And I get it. Tough week for everyone. Trickier for me, because that's my stripper name. <laughs> Lot of interest on the old website, not going to lie. <laughs> Just some very confused conversations. <laughs> It was also the second time in as many years I had to deal with the headline Beast from the East threatens old people in their own homes. Not, I don't mind them, they're, they're good gigs, but the Isn't atmosphere that is... First met? We must met at Comedy Ladder, wasn't it? Yeah, Andy's. But his is, his, was, his is really good. That was a really good gig, or is a really good gig, because although it's in a coffee shop, and this isn't a criticism of other gigs that are in coffee shops mm. he he did a really good job of turning it into a comedy club so mm. even though it was quite it was quite small so everyone was tightly packed in i think you could probably get what 20 in there 25 yeah but in a small room yeah and the 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 shape of that shop was nice because very narrow wasn't it it was narrow so you'd have all you know you'd have the stage at one end yeah and then just people sat in rows and he made it really dark in there yeah and so you'd have a spotlight. So it became really, really loud. I yeah. did a gig there when there was only a handful of people in, and it was still really, really good. Yeah. Just because yeah, of the, the, way he, the way he set it up. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I remember that. Stand-up in light rooms is the worst. 
Yes. If anything, it's the it's the one thing which I find it is the most most like because you can have chairing set up whatever way you kind of want, but just the the atmosphere of a dark room makes people want to listen to the person who's well lit. It makes so much sense. You're right. It's like a focal point. Like even when yeah. I've done gigs in the intervening period between lockdown one and lockdown two, mm. and obviously the seating was different. It was like more cabaret style, and there were less mm. people in mm. the gigs where it was a dark room and you had a spotlight were great mm. um so it didn't you're right it didn't really matter how people were sat whether they were sat in rows or mm. on tables in a circle mm. and the key was like if it's too light it doesn't quite work yeah 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 completely well mates rates we, we did that didn't we? we had the cabaret seat in yeah, yeah. And the, um and then the, the dark the darkness of the room the dark venue yeah that setup was great like i remember when i walked down the stairs and i saw the setup and i was like oh this is gonna be a good night no, I just knew that it was going to be a good night. Like it's you could tell, of... everyone was up for it, and the, and the layout was great. And it's a weird thing because obviously we're doing the the cabaret seating um, because of COVID. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason why we, we 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 do that. But I really like it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually think it it makes maybe for a more enjoyable experience on the audience part. Yeah, because they get to kind of interact they're not always facing the same direction and in between the acts we had kind of longer breaks that night and the reason we did that because people it's their social uh, night as well you know it's their, yeah. it's their friday evening so they can chat for 10 minutes 15 minutes even and then you have your next act on and then obviously vice versa but when the lockdown entirely ends obviously the idea is to put as many go back into rows what were you thought on a final financial standpoint from a simple business standpoint yeah, yeah. You need as many bums on seats as you can and i don't it's want true. to lose that um i want practical practical reasons i want as many bums on seats as possible but the yeah. vibe is so important and i don't I, if we could somehow keep that table set up a bit of both yeah a bit of both i really like that but no I you're right know. It's, you're right it's, it's tricky so I, my London Bridge night which you're going to do in December hopefully if all goes well um, with this second lockdown it's a good um, lineup, by the way like everyone everyone on there was like oh yeah it's good yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's always like um, the lineup's always what's the word I uh, can't remember like when you pick something especially curated curated yes yeah. that's it <laughs> um, so we normally get like 40 or 50 and I only run it every three months because Is it at the I want Miller, it, yeah, yeah, the Miller, and I want it to be nice and full. And we always normally get forty to fifty, right? Rarely mm-hmm. get less than that. Maybe one, one or two bad, but not even bad days. One or two occasions we've had maybe thirty to forty. Still a really good now uh, number for a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. But we've only done one this year because of COVID, and we the, the one we did was um, the. Um, September 30th, October the 1st it was and we could only have 20 in maximum mm. because of the, the way the room was now laid out and they were all cabaret style and I was thinking this is the lowest turnout we've ever had but technically it was a sellout but because of COVID it was it was reduced so yeah. I was a bit apprehensive and then obviously once we got 20 people there I was like well you know the show's the show's going to go ahead irrespective you know 20 is actually really good numbers for covid times yeah um and we probably could have had a few more but the the la- the lady who's organized it runs a pub was like look so our first gig back I'm just nervous you I don't want wanna, to take it easy don't want to overload it exactly and that's understandable so we ended up doing the gig to 20 cabaret seating 
And it was great. Like, I think the people that did come were really up for it. So yeah. the atmosphere was good. But the other thing that was really great was obviously we talked about the lighting being good. It's like a proper room. It's dark. You've got a spotlight and a stage. Um, but the other thing that worked with the cabaret scene was that because of COVID, everyone was sat at their own tables with their mates or their, their households. They're all ordering drinks and food throughout. And the staff were really good at bringing it up yeah. um, and not interrupting the show. So mm. people were just drinking and eating at their leisure mm. um, without uh, disturbing anything and watching the comedy at the same time. And that, so I think that's how a lot of American shows are, aren't they? That's how exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so what the girl said, uh, the, um, Je- Jenny, who runs it, the Miller, she said to me after she runs the Miller, and she was like, we did so much on drinks last night. Mm-hmm. Um, that we just weren't expecting with only 20 people in there. And I was like, yeah, because people were probably ordering drinks throughout. And then the interval was only 10 minutes. Normally the interval ends up overrunning because people are just scrambling in their drinks and we kind of have to hurry them to get upstairs. Do you know what I mean? Someone might be mm-hmm. trying to grab the odd meal really quickly in the interval. Um, but everyone just stayed where they were, carried on ordering drinks. And within 20, 10 minutes, we turned around and went, went, did the second half. It was a really, really good night. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff. Um, the table service, a lot of these things which have come up d- during um, COVID times that I think a lot of venues are looking at and going, could keep a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think table service drinks is going to go anywhere, actually. No, I mean, it was something Weatherspoons were doing already, right? And once yeah. you do it, as a customer, you're kind of thinking, why would I go and queue up at the bar and like, fight mm-hmm. elbows to get to the front and be ignored um, mm-hmm. <laughs> until someone says me. Um, but I think it obviously depends on the, on the, the venues. Like there, it's obviously a hard time for them at the moment. I don't know if it's more expensive for them to hire people to do table service when things go back to normal or not. I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Who knows? It'd be an expectation though, won't it? That's already, um, that's true. Kind of came true. Play. And like I said, it doesn't disturb. Because I was a little bit worried about that with our one. Is that you know people ordering drinks during the show? Usually, you're so you know, as as comics and even like as promoters, we get a little bit. Um, everything we must do must serve the show. You know, we got to be yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the the delicate performer on stage. The standard must not be interrupted. <laughs> the artist and actually, you know, shut the fuck up. You're in a venue. Yeah. You're sell drinks. You know. <laughs> Be funny enough to over, overcome that. Like, yeah, I think things are going to happen, right? If you're expecting someone to shout something out at you at some stage, yeah. you know, like a like a heckle, then someone walking through your line of sight with with a tray of drinks shouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think it depends on what your, your view on stand-up and stuff is. But for me, is like it's not theatre. Yeah, there is there's, it's, there is no fourth wall. There's no there's no wall there. So things going on. Obviously, you don't don't like hecklers or anything like that. Too extreme. Yeah. But you should. You've got to be robust to kind of do the art form in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it is a tough. Um, it's a tough gig, right? Like mm-hmm. you get up on on stage, you're on your own anyway, um, and you're performing something that you have written. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's not it's not theatre where you're acting somebody else's work and there's other people mm-hmm. up there with you. Um, and if it goes wrong, you just continue, you just stick to the script, right, and finish it, and then, mm-hmm. you, and then you're done. Whereas if comedy goes wrong, well, you're the one who wrote the joke, mm-hmm. and you've got no one else to turn to, and, mm-hmm. you know, you have to get through the next five or ten minutes of your set or whatever it is, Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is tough so um i don't know what your original point was you, you have to be robust i think is what you're saying like otherwise that's why i always think like anyone who gets up to do stand-up like even if it's five minutes you, 
you instantly have to give them a certain level of respect because it is something really tough to to just do in the first place. Like to to even just attempt once is like. Um, How long like, have you been going now? Um, I did two. I've done two stints. So the second stint is currently yeah. ongoing. Yeah. Um, so my first stint was like 2012, 2013 to about twenty fifteen. Oh right, okay. So I did like two years um, back then, and I—that's when I met like Andy Gleeks, whose gig we did, yeah. and James, and those guys. Those guys started around that time as well. Yeah. And then I took a couple of years out because of various things that were happening, work, professionally, etc. And then I came back in 2017, I think. Yeah. Maybe to the end of 2017, something like that. I did some I feel gigs like that's around. When I met you, wasn't it? 2017. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just literally just started going again. Yeah. Um, and I, I did do some gigs in 2016, but like less than 10 in a year, maybe, you know, one or one or two a month, something like that, just kind of keep my eye in. And then from 2017 onwards, I, I ramped up and I was doing more gigs more regularly, you know, yeah. every other day, weekly basis, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah and it's still, I'm, I'm similar to you. I've done t- two stints. I did, my first yeah. go was 2015 to 2017. And I think I had like... 18 was like the year of I don't know, maybe eight gigs. Yeah. As a handful of gigs. And then you come back. 2019 year, was pretty you? strong. And 2019 yeah, yeah. was pretty strong. And then obviously this year happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, but it's still like like your point about uh, you know, it's still scary. It hasn't yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, I still depend depending on the gig, the the nerves are as they're not like they were on my first gig, obviously. Yeah, they, they still you still get that little voice in your back of your head sometimes that goes just fucking go home, mate. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. <laughs> you're right. like, yeah, you get really scared enough. And you're like, you know, you don't have to impress these people here. You could just go home and just fuck off and never yeah, do it again. Yeah. Watch Britain's Got Talent with your girlfriend and live a normal life, man. Just yeah. <laughs> pipe down. It's still it's still there. Yeah, it's weird. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen anyone who's who's left like a, an act who's left like an hour before the show and just gone, nah, I'm not doing this. But it does have to, it's weird. Like some, sometimes I feel fine. I, I'll always get, I, I definitely get nerves just before going on. That's always the case. Yeah. Like just before I go on. And yeah. then the other times I get nervous is if I'm trying new stuff, I'll be nervous yeah. a lot longer. Yeah. Um, it, 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 you know, anytime I'm trying new stuff, even if it's just a, a, an open mic, new material night, yeah. I'll be nervous of that and if it's if it's a, a paid gig and then I'm doing new stuff at that that yeah. I know has gone well before if if it you know if I haven't done it 50 or 60 times I'll still be nervous about that there's still the constant self-doubt isn't there there's still okay well it might have worked at that free open mic that I did but is it actually good enough for a paying customer and there is a exactly. difference there, is a, there yeah. is a huge difference you can get away with some saying some absolute waffle at an open mic and people will give you the give you the benefit of the doubt but when people have charged you know people have paid 10 pound plus a ticket uh, there's that you can feel it in the audience well, you know there's a high expectation <laughs> it's... yeah it's true and then i think the other thing with open mics is i the new material i don't know about you but if i do an open mic or a new material it tends to be in london just because there's so many of them mm-hmm. and then when i do better you know um paid gigs or or you know open spots on pro gigs or whatever it might be mm. they tend to be outside of london so mm. sometimes i have new material which 
depends on the audience. Like in London, you tend to get a younger audience. Mm. Um, and to be honest, if it's an open mic night, it'll probably be mainly other comics in in the in the audience anyway. Yeah. But it'd be younger people. So you, different. then you go out to the home counties, and it's like an older audience mm. and um, de- different demographic. And you're thinking, will the same material land? Mm. Like I remember when you and me did another one of Andy's gigs uh, in Tame, and you. Yeah. Um, and we both had this chat and we were like, because the, the audience there is like, I don't know, it's quite an older, Old white, pub, middle it? class audience, which is fine. Yeah. And we were both like, are they going to get our references? Yeah. Um, and we both had a really good night that night, you know. I think yeah, we won the competition. Yeah, that one, was it? That was the other one with the upstairs. That was the other one, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 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 And you never know. I've done that many a times where you uh, you become prejudiced against the audience before you've gone on. Yeah, go, and then it's fine. Yeah, yeah, because you're setting yeah. up your own failure and you, you're sort of yeah. going, they're not going to like me for this or this reason, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. then, you know, it turns out people are just people wherever they are and it, their, it's their it's demographic funny, it? doesn't make, a lot of the time, doesn't actually make that much difference. No, it's the same voice that's telling you to go home, that's telling mm-hmm. you, oh, that joke might have been funny a month ago, but it won't be funny now. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know what that voice is, but it's the same voice, little bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Niggling constant self doubt. I mean, you know, yeah. but you need that though. That's part of it. I think, you know, if you like anyone, I think stand up's one of those things where it's not really, and I'm not saying people can't do it as a hobby. People absolutely can, but yeah. I don't think there are that many people who do for it for a long time. I think you kind of get into it and you go, a lot of this is too painful to be a fucking hobby. Yeah. So you kind of you, you it's give, like it, if you, give it your all. Yeah, it's true. I, I and the other reason I think you can't have it as a hobby is because when it goes badly, if it was just a hobby, if you, when you have bad gig and that's inevitable, everyone has yeah. bad gigs. Yeah. Especially at the start. Yeah. Um, like we were saying, it's so tough. You're on your own. It's your material. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah. You know. It that feels if, bad. <laughs> it feels terrible. Um, that if you only considered it a hobby, you wouldn't then go and do another good gig. Of course, of course. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I feel like a bad gig lasts until you get to do another gig. So like, whenever I've had a bad one, I've always been like, like immediately check the diary, when's my next gig? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. then I can put to put to rest. Like It's like you need to one. shower. You need to shower the bad yeah, yeah, gig, yeah. don't you? You can't yeah. Like he's like he smells like he's bombed. Like he's got that. And there's different types of bad gigs. There's bad gigs where everyone was just bad, yeah. and then you all just have a huddle afterwards and blame the audience, like oh, mm-hmm. a bunch of wankers. Fuck them. That, right? That's almost enjoyable after the yeah, show because yeah, yeah. you're into this it, thing together. I like that. There's 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 nothing better than all yeah, yeah. You're, you're you become close with people like, when you've all you died like, at a gig. Yeah. Probably like equivalent of like NARM for comedians, isn't it? Like yeah, you yeah. at a gig together, you you can have a reunion twenty years later and talk about it. Yeah. But when you when you die on your own, that's the worst. Like when everyone else smashes out the park, yeah. and then you get up and you're just like, oh for fuck's sake! Other comedians I, can't even make eye contact with you. Yeah, I know, and they're like, oh, it's a really good gig, and you know they're thinking, you were shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the un- unwritten code of just like oh that was that was good thank you yeah i know thank you but you just want to do that i always do that anyway well done yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> <He's> also- <laughs> <laughs> don't beat you sticking around no, no. Bad, mate. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a long, got a long drive. Oh, I thought you lived just down the road. Yeah, yeah. just gonna circle around a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I remember doing um, like you know Jeff's gig in in Reading. Jeff Steele's. Yes, um, go on, my yeah. son. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say just, uh, well, um, when you said about you've never seen people just go home. That's the yeah. one gig I've seen people do that. At. I've seen two two comics. Can't remember who they were. I've never seen them again. But um, you know, it was in a small pub and a rowdy pub, quite you know, yeah. pretty much working man's kind of pub. And there was two. I think they were from London, and they're just sort of waiting, sat sat there, and I was sort of watching them. And one said to the other, they sort of whispered, and they just walked off and disappeared. And then Jeff's like trying to read the line out, and like, and he's gone got now. no axe left. Yeah, he was like me, him, and someone else. <laughs> It's, um, I did that gig when he first started it. I mean, it's a tough gig, right? And yeah. and it, I've done it a few times. And it's, most of the time it's gone well. Like, you get to decent little turnout and they're yeah. watching. But the layout, you know, there's obviously people walking behind you, yeah. which is a bit mad. The you pub is a, from behind. The pub is a little bit on the hairy side. It certainly was in the early days. Yeah. Um, like, the spirits they serve are unrecognisable. Like... <laughs> The vo- like it's not like Smirnoff vodka. It's like I, I don't know where this vodka has come from. Warehouse vodka. Yeah, it is like I've never seen these brands in my life. And um, <laughs> I did his gig once. It was just before Christmas, and this would have been on my first stint, so like 2013, 2014. And it was when he just started the gig as well. And and it was like it was mad because it was like a week before Christmas, so the pub was round. There were obviously normal punters in there, and then there was the area that we were in for the comedy, mm. and then people were like, it was all just going off. Remember, there was like pool table and all sorts was going mm-hmm. on, so you're getting heckled from behind. There's distractions, and then every act that night was um, was a was a one liner punch punchline comic. Yeah, right. Apart from me. Yeah, and every single one was going up and just doing, and they were smashing it. And then I was sitting there and I was like, please don't put on another punch. And it, obviously it wasn't Jeff's fault. It just so happened that all the acts with that, that style of comedy. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, by the time I go on, they're going to be just, the audience are going to be in this rhythm of yeah. just expecting a punchline, set up yeah. punchline, set up punchline. And I'm like storytelling and stuff like that. Yeah. And I went up and it was fucking horrible. And at one point, one of the audience members just stopped and went, excuse me, mate, are you going to tell us a joke? And oh. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. It was like, yeah. Oh, to the feels. <laughs> yeah. Like you said about um, long journeys home, the time, um, it wasn't the last time I did the blackout. It was the time before the last, and I did horribly. And I turned yeah. out like quite confident. Because I had uh, beaten it like the, the month or two before. Yeah, it's a weird one, that. Yeah. So I sort you of started, it, like, yeah, I've done this before. Yeah. And my time comes up. I can't remember what exactly happened, but I didn't start strong anyway. I was very much yeah. very in my head because I was listening to people in the green room and they were talking about, so you comments just having a conversation about why you should never say hello on stage, just go and do your material. And I usually right. kind of say hello or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And, um, it just got into my head because I think I kind of respected the people in the room and right. like that, them saying it's all right, I'm right, yeah. doing that. But I started unnaturally. So I'm there, I haven't got the flow. And then there was someone talking down here. And the previous time I did um, the blackout, I think um, I had 
I did well because I dealt with a heckler and I dealt with it really smoothly. This time, yeah. for some reason, I just didn't deal with it smoothly. Didn't make yeah. the, the people laugh and then just couldn't go back into my material. Um, so I just, I died, definitely got um, flat. Did you get the three I, cards quite quickly? Oh, like immediately. Yeah. Like immediately. It was like two minutes. Oh, within the two minutes, so they just stuck yeah, around. Yeah, dude. Oh, right. Okay. Real yeah. bad. And the worst thing, um, I went, ah, this is going to be a long train back to Reading tonight. And some voice in the crowd just went, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate. And you're like, oh, I mean, and that got the biggest laugh. (laughs) Yeah. But like I said, yeah, that's, it it ain't for hobbyists, you know? (laughs) No, mate, I mean... And that self-doubt, I think, is because, you know, if you think you really, you want to try and make um, a living, a feasible living, by essentially talking about yourself. Yeah. Which is, both mine and yours kind of stand, but it's kind of like that, essentially. It's the same sort of thing. Um, you better be fucking good, mate. Yeah. <laughs> to think that's how you're going you're gonna to elevate to that level. You need to yeah. go past these, uh, these horrible moments. That's what it's about. Yeah, you've got to be able to look at... I mean, I don't know, how, how have you gotten with writing this year? Because with lockdown, I've found that I haven't written as much stand-up. That's not to say I'm not writing comedy. I've started doing some sketches on, on Instagram, and mm. certainly more during lockdown one. And now I'm working on this character idea, mm. um, which is different to, like you were saying, about normal stand-up. So I haven't written loads of new material this year because I don't really want to write about COVID. Um mm. Uh, and I feel like there's, I don't know really how much material there is about it, to be honest. Um, but because I've not had the chance to be living my normal life in terms of going out, um, going to work, jumping on, you know, my commute, um, bumping into people and having silly things happen to me, which is where my comedy tends to come from. I haven't really written much new stand up this year. Really? Yeah, I've actually the, the the opposite. I've written quite a lot. I don't know how much okay. of it is um is actually going to end up being stand up, but I've just, it's just been more stream of consciousness writing, which is how I've always written anyway, yeah. and then trying to dissect little bits. The problem is, is that I haven't been able to gig enough to really go out and try all of it. Yeah, that's the every time I go to gig again, it's always like I haven't gigged in a while. So then you get the nerves, and then you're like, yeah. I need to stick to my my chosen thing, you know, my, yeah. my tried and tested. And if you do your tried, tried and tested for too long, it doesn't, it burns out. Yeah. You just don't deliver it with the same finesse anymore, you know. Jokes can, they get old for the people telling the joke as well. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I I quite still enjoy doing the material that I've done, um, that, you know, my best 10 or whatever you want to call it, best, mm. you know set I, I i feel quite okay with that I'm, that's still fresh for me i think the fact that we've not been able to gig as much has probably helped it mm. not get old in my mind because when i went back to gigging in october and september and i did did it i was like oh yeah this is what it feels like and it felt good again you know mm. when, it, when yeah, it, was. It, did, it did come back um relatively quick and also a bit more renewed for it as well as like, as like i was yeah. more appreciative of the gigs a bit more i think i was like do you know what even if however this goes i'm not this is this is fun i forgot how fun this actually is yeah is. i feel like the lockdown gigs or the whatever post lockdown covid gigs whatever you want to call them mm. they're almost like freebies yeah. like if you if you die on your ass 
it's like the middle of the shittest year in living memory, right? There's like 20 people in the show. They're all sat about fucking 500 yards from each other. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's just money in the bank. Like, just just do the gig, enjoy it, like you said. There's a lot um, of, like, goodwill in the room, isn't there? Yeah, but also, like, it's, yeah, you know, anyone who wants to be there really wants to be there. But it's yeah. almost like, I don't think in five years' time you'll look back at those COVID gigs and think, Oh, I, I, uh, I'm still thinking about that bad gig I had. You, you no, know, I don't know how much we'll think we'll think about them really. Uh, you know, I'd be keen to work out when comedy's going to come back. Yeah. I actually think that, you know, obviously the, there's news that the vaccine's going to be rolling out through spring, so we're probably a good few months away still. But I, I, I'm kind of hoping that this will lead to a bit of a, a golden era. So I think a, so. Bit of a soppy phrase of people going out again like yeah. and and getting involved in live events and i really hope like you you've set up a new night um or you know you you and um nick have got this really cool project for mates rates and i know there's other nights that are popping up in reading and i've got yeah. some you know i'm going to be doing my london bridge nights next year but i'm also potentially doing another night in in southwest london yeah. and i'm certainly keeping my eye out for promoting opportunities as well because i think hopefully when this is all over, people will, as long as obviously people are financially back on their feet, mm. will start hitting shows again, you know, and, mm. and, and go into things. Like I'm a mu- big music fan mm. as well as comedy. I can't wait to go to my first gig. I'm already, yeah. you know, I will definitely go to more gigs in the next two years than yeah, I did. Yeah, man, I agree with that. Nice. Two years before COVID, like music, you know. man, would be cool. Yeah. In a long time, that would be great. You know, I'm already excited about going to a, a new a festival whenever that happens next summer, if that's possible. Um, you know, etc. So I hope it's the same with comedy. I hope we get some really good nights come out of this, um, and obviously the main clubs survive, and then there'll be a real nice scene for the next four or five years. Because it was tough before, right? Obviously, there's a lot of comics. Some of the nights, you know, are not the best nights in terms of what you want to perform at. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know the audience numbers wouldn't be great or whatever or, or you know maybe it was a little bit saturated mm-hmm. um, it was, it's, it's no one's fault really it's just um, the way it was but maybe now it will it will go the other way and people will be like yeah we all want to go to comedy and we can have a night every night of the week in London other cities and there's just more opportunities more for, for people to I perform yeah. so as well I think you know yeah it's that tends to be how it works, isn't it? For our history, there's a real shit period followed by a renaissance. That's, yeah, yeah. That is how, that's the that's the swing of things. So, yeah, I really hope so. And um, yeah, what, 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 what tunes are you into? What's your music? Oh, uh, I mean, we could probably talk for like two hours on this. You're a big um, music guy. I love music. Yeah, I like when I first got into music. Cause I, I like a bit of everything genre wise, yeah. um, but was, I really go um, through phases. Was music before stand up? Was it? Was that yeah. your first love? Because it was for me. Yeah, music was definitely my first love. So stand up's my plan B, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am um, music and probably sport like football, but um, yeah, music. I love everything. Like honestly, I've been through all different phases. Like. You know, I mean, I first well, started you're listening a teen to years then because that's the that's the most when you really start getting into it, right? Like, uh, yeah. So teens. when early teens was like Britpop era, Oasis. Yeah, uh, that's when they came out, and then I started getting into 
all of those guys that would have been like 93 definitely maybe came out so i'd have been like 12 13 yeah um so i think i'm probably older than you right yeah and yeah yeah yeah. How I, are you? 39 you're 39 i'm 30 yeah. yeah i didn't know you were that much older than me you're looking good mate well done thank you mate appreciate that thank you <laughs> put on a lot of moisturizer so yeah 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 <laughs> um a set so, yeah. burbit, isn't it the bit of white people don't know about lotion yeah yeah it's true it's true all my mates used to be like why do you wear all this moisturizer crap and look he's laughing now eh yeah he's laughing now. Um, yeah um yeah so oasis blair all that kind of stuff although i was an oasis fan not a blair fan obviously it was massive rivalry mm. um and then you get into the people who's who's influenced like who influences them so obviously like mm. when you when you're that age you like oasis used to listen to Beatles, the Stone Roses, so I started listening to them. Then I really got into Jimi Hendrix. Then, like, I really got into hip hop as well. Like, mm. um, sort of mid '90s to later '90s was like Tupac era. That was like I think he died '96. Yeah. Um, so obviously that era. And then I went to I remember I went to New York, and I really got into hip hop when I went to New York. Yeah. Um, was that just was like being a, there? You're like, I need. Yeah, to, definitely. It was like a big, big family holiday, and yeah, yeah. When you put the TV, when you put the TV on, it was it was hip hop, right? And yeah. That was like obviously just after Tupac had died, and then you had Jay Z and all those guys coming up, Nas, um, Wu Tang Clan, etc. So then I got. Massive uh, I bet that was wicked, man. Yeah, and then, nothing and like then, being in the place where it was like generated. Yeah, as yeah. Well, that gen- I, I didn't like it until I went there, and then. All of a sudden, I remember coming back from that holiday. And I was like, "Yeah, this is the way." I totally get this. Um, and then I got into like, that Eminem. I remember being really into Eminem, and then also then like house music towards the kind of mid two thousands onwards. And now I really like a bit of everything. Probably at the moment, it's still I probably listen to a bit more hip hop, R and B. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, see, I can see that. It's so. When, 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 when was the stand-up thing? When was that? When was the moment you thought I need to, need to try that? Did you try ever go, making music first, or we, we ever got into that? I did. You, yeah, I used to back in the day. Yeah, I used to play guitar. I used to sing. I used to. I learned uh, keyboard as well, piano. Um, oh right. And then I learned like some production tools as well. Yeah. So it's like I was into music, and then I got into comedy. So I did a course like back in twenty twelve. Yeah. Must have been. Um, so I'd have been in my early thirties, and I was just look. I was just on the hunt for stuff to keep me busy. Yeah, because whether it be music, whether it be comedy, whatever, I think I'm obviously a creative person. Yeah, and I remember seeing a course for screenwriting, right. and I did that course, and I really enjoyed it because, like, I'm really into films as well. And so, if you, you know, I think anyone who likes their films always has an idea for, a, yeah film themselves so I did a screenwriting well, I think that's creative mind and I'm yeah. definitely like that you sort of if you like something you kind of want to have a go at it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you just there's there's only so many li- the beautiful thing about stand-up is because I, you know, I play a little bit of guitar a little bit of bass yeah the, thing, the beautiful thing about stand-up is that you have an idea and you just go try it to master music yeah. I, I didn't have the discipline because you've got to spend hours in your room either learning your your software, learning your instrument. Yeah, so yeah. Comedy is like go do it, and then you get better. You learn on the job. Time. You learn on the job. Yeah, it's a complete yeah. apprenticeship. So it, it yeah. thrusts you into the world. I mean, when I was learning instruments, I was kind of like in that 
I was a teenager, so I had that kind of energy of being mm. able to lock myself in a room for like five hours and play mm. and learn. I think now I'd struggle, but mm. I think if I went and got a guitar now, I'd probably pick up the hang of it again pretty quickly. Yeah. Like it's muscle memory, I guess, isn't it? Um, but I haven't played in years. Um, but then, oh yeah, this is what I'm saying. So I did the screenwriting course, really enjoyed that. Um, and then I did, then I, then I was like, oh, let's have a look at another one of these courses. Cause they were fun. Like you get to meet people as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just different. And then I found an acting one. Uh, how never, old were you? How old are you? Like early 30s. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did an acting one for 10 weeks. I'd never really had any interest in acting, but it just thought yeah. I'd, I'd do it because it might help from the screenwriting perspective. Yeah. And I did the acting one and then I saw a comedy one and I was always like the, the, joker in my friends group i guess like always yeah. one cracking jokes and people always kind of said i was funny etc etc yeah. always getting in trouble at school and i thought you know what when i saw it i was like oh well i can see why they'd have a screenwriting course and i could see why they'd have an acting course but how can you have a stand-up course like yeah. i back then i was like you're either funny or you're not like why yeah. would you have a stand-up course i did the course i can't remember how long it was maybe six to ten weeks Maybe it was six weeks. I think it was six weeks, but the classes were quite long. So it was like a three-hour session. Yeah. Um, and it was Kate Smurthwaite who was teaching us. Yeah. Um, and she was really good. She's a great teacher. I bumped into her at a gig like a year ago, and she was really happy that I was continuing. I was surprised yeah. that she remembered me because she obviously probably has a lot of people come through those classes and people that yeah. never do gigs again because I'm the only one who, who I know out of my class is still gigging. Yeah. Um, certainly regularly anyway. So... I did that course and then these courses always finish with a showcase night, don't they? Yeah. And we invite, you get to invite friends and family and it was, uh, it was about 60 or 70 in the audience. I did my first five minutes and it went really well. Like my, my, yeah. my set was really good. I've got, there's a video of it on YouTube um, that my mate uploaded from, from within the audience. I think if I did that set now, I'd definitely get cancelled because um, <laughs> that was like different era and I was just new to it so I was just what like, year would that have been then that'd be 2013 what? 2012 yeah. 2013 so the set I did was just raw like just different you know, yeah 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 just me <laughs> thinking I was like Richard Pryor or something or you know yeah. what I mean and just <laughs> I don't know I probably need to get that video down from YouTube just in case you're gonna get Kevin Hearted, mate. Yeah, they're gonna cancel you from uh, hosting the Oscars. <laughs> it's still a f- they're funny jokes. They're just very dark. Yeah, yeah. Now that that feeling, man, of, of after doing your first gig, that's. I think even if, however well it goes, there's still this element of unless it goes awful of fucking hell, I just did that. Yeah. No, you, yeah. You that's what it was like, and then I was like that. Right, every other gig from this moment on is like a bonus. Yeah. The first one was the one where that one you start. I still remember the nerves, like practicing, pacing up and down, practicing my lines in my head. Um, you yeah, know, going up and downstairs. You know, we what we were saying earlier about the little voice that just telling you to go home. That voice yeah. wasn't little on the first gig. On the first no, gig, no, no. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, and then walking up. Because you'd obviously you practiced the set in front of each other as part of the class. So we all knew the set by then. Yeah. But the moment you get up and the light's on you and there's all these people staring at you. And you could only see the first row anyway, right? Because it's a yeah. dark lit room. And that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, okay. This isn't yeah. so bad. I can't even actually see anyone behind that. Yeah. And then I remember just starting to do it. And once I got my first laugh, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. 
Yeah. But I remember being shaken. I remember having a shake in my voice. I used to have a shake in my voice for maybe another year or two. Yeah. After I did gigs, I remember doing Angel a few times as well, the Sunday nights and Angel. And I used to go up, I used to feel like I had a shake in my voice. And then I'd come off and people would say, no, no, it didn't sound like you did. But I definitely mm-hmm. feel the nerves, even while I was on 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 the stage doing the set. Mm-hmm. I still occasionally, voice I've never had that, but just, if I see videos of myself, I do this thing when I'm weird where I sort of rub the side of my face. Yeah, yeah, there's a towel. Detective thing. I don't know what it is, but I, I <laughs> know that I'm doing it on stage, but every video I've got at some point, I'm just sort of rubbing my own face. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know why I'm doing that. I used to stare at my feet a lot back then. Mm. I used to not like to make eye contact with the audience. That's something I've definitely got better at over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, like just projecting better, I guess, and looking at people That's and using it. my facial expressions more to make the punchline land. Um, so being a, doing a bit more acting, I guess, mm-hmm. on, on the stage. And I think that's helped. And then um, the one I do is I, when I watch back is I, I put my hands through my hair. Mm-hmm. I've noticed I do it when I'm trying to work out what I'm going to say next. That might be it for me, actually. Yeah. It's just like you're trying to jog your own memory or something. Yeah. So I've noticed when I watch videos back and I've I've done a bit and there's a laugh and then I'm thinking about what to do next, I'll I'll look down and I'll rub my hands through my hair and then I'll then I'll go on to the next bit. So but I don't think people notice it. You're probably more critical of yourself than Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> One of the, the only things you've got to get used to because um you have to record your sets. I think that that's yeah. Yeah, that's crucial. And you really do, it's painful at first, but like you've got to get yeah. used to watching yourself. I mean, I really struggled. I would record all my sets for my first like two years. I record, yeah. I never could watch them. I just couldn't watch them because I just didn't like seeing me. But like, would I you didn't. record the video and the audio or just, uh, just the I, audio? I started recording just the audio because I couldn't yeah. watch the videos. And then recently, I did something I did over lockdown. I watched some videos of me bombing that I couldn't yeah. watch before because I just thought well, I don't need to go. I don't need to relive that trauma. Yeah, yeah. And I sort of sat myself down and I forced myself to watch them and sort of went through a pen and paper and I was like, right, what fucking went wrong here? Yeah. <laughs> like objectively, what went wrong? And to be fair, you know, it's a painful process, but it helped. Yeah, it yeah. I used to. I went through and watched all my old videos from like the first stint. I used to do We Are Funny a lot back then. And we used to pay for the yeah. video, for Fiverr for a video. And I just used to do it because I was like, I think it was the early days of, of, of smartphones as well. So you couldn't really record them yeah. as well as you can now. So yeah, I've still got those and, and definitely it made a difference watching them back. I've got a few of them. I might actually do that. I might go and try to dig them out and see. Yeah. Why make me feel better? Or I might think, fucking hell, it was better then. What's going on? <laughs> no. no you'll have, you have definitely improved in that time. Yeah, for sure. Just subtle changes that add up over time. And then you'll look at a gig that you did five years ago and now, and you're like, it's like night and day. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right, dude, this is cool. Um, Great. Where can people find you and all that jazz? Do you spill? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Harge Teams. That's the main port of call. Um, so you can follow me on there. There will be some more content on there at some stage. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I'll probably do some more sketches and then um, I'm going to be having my own podcast, but it's going to be a completely different format to this. It's me playing a character talking into uh, a microphone. So it's like an audio, I don't know, one, ah, one man show, I guess. Yeah. 
What can you can you tell us anything about the character, or do you want to keep? Not all yet. What? It's no? all hush hush for now, but it'll be coming out. I'm thinking January because I think if it comes out in December, everyone's going to be too busy with Christmas. So I yeah, think yeah, I'll yeah. probably put it out in January. It's sort of yeah. you doing, doing a monologue as a character. That's right. Yeah, little little short, fifteen twenty minute bits. Um, I've I've sketched them all out and I've just been playing, recording like draft versions of them, and then I'm yeah. going back and scripting them so that when I record them for the final version, they they sound and look a lot better. Um, that's cool. So that, well, let that's, me know that, when you um yeah when you release, yeah, of course. Give us a shout and we'll, we'll help plug it. We'll yeah, minutes. that'd be great, mate. That'd be appreciated. Yeah. Cool, dude. Thank, Thank you, mate. I hope you guys enjoyed that chat. And now here's a brief clip of our last headliner, Harriet Kimsley. No, it's like, man, you guys, you're meant to be proud, you might have people you've slept with and boast about it. And us ladies, that wouldn't be ashamed, you know, I'm like, hide our number. But I'm proud, you might have people I've slept with. Yeah, people got a nickname for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I call them the hateful eight. <laughs> Team. <laughs> Seven. Um, <laughs> about chlamydia uh, what harriet didn't know is that in 2016 Reddin actually had one of the highest rates of stis in the country so um no wonder why she went down such a treat really 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 playing to her base um all right guys we've reached the end of the podcast uh hope you've enjoyed it uh, if you have please subscribe and leave a five-star review um if you haven't just, just don't just leave me alone innit? um 
We currently don't have any shows booked, but we will sooner rather than later. So watch the space, look after yourself, take it easy.